0: Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Oh, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Now I'm warmed up, now the blood's flowing. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So, here's here's the problem. You knew there was a problem, right? You knew this was coming. You're like, that, Pastor Doug, that verse is too good to be true. Well, it's not. It's not too good to be true. God doesn't lie. God's not a man that he can lie, nor, nor the son of a human being that false words can come out of his mouth, the Bible says. So that, that is absolutely true. The land is there. He's ready. God, not, not just in a general way. I really believe that God quickened this in my spirit, that he said, Doug, I want you to, I want you to occupy so as individuals, we're going to occupy. As a church, we're going to occupy. I've t- I told the staff this. Uh, I was trying to paint, you know, a little bit of a picture for the staff. As said, guys, I want us to go. Uh, I want us to go QT on Concord and Davidson. <laughs> that's that's how much I want to occupy. Like Q, like QT occupy, like you're not. You can still see the last QT that you passed in your rear view mirror, and there's another QT in front of you. Like I wanted that kind of occupy all the all the land, and a tie. I don't even know what to do with a tie. Maybe I sh- shouldn't occupy the tie. <laughs> but there's a problem. The promise. The promise is in Deuteronomy 1 8. And if it were just 1 8, and you'd say, man, well, Pastor Doug, don't even worry. Don't even worry about the past. The past is the past. Just preach the future. No, I got to preach. I got to let you know about 1 7. Because one seven is there and one seven is context. And if you don't get past one seven and you skip to one eight, then what's going to happen is you're going to run into problems and you're going to say, my pastor lied to me. He didn't tell me about one seven. And I'm just going to look, I'm just going to warn you. I tried to get you excited and shouting up front because I'm going to be honest. I don't know how much you're going to shout through this message. This is an old, this is an old-fashioned get the sin out your life message. This is what this message is. I'm just going to be honest. One seven says this. Here's the problem. It's time to break camp and move on. Tell your neighbor move on, move on. Last year was good, but move on. The college dorm you were living in was fine when you were 18. Now you got six kids. You got to move on. <sighs> Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring neighbors regions of the Jordan Valley, and then the Bible says, "Go." He's painting pictures, so God's still painting picture. Go to the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, the coastal plain, all the way from from Boone to Buxton. He says, "Go." This is all yours. And then he says, "Just kind of, you know, little parenthetical statement." Go to the go to the land of the Canaanites. Wait a second, God. I. Thought that you said that this was my land, but but now you're telling me that there's Canaanites. And see, I've got to I've got to preach to you the promise, but I also got to tell you about the problem. Somebody's in your house. Somebody's in your house. Ha- there's, there's Canaanites in your in your territory, and if you don't deal, deal with the Canaanites, that's why I got I got to preach this message. I can't wait to preach this message. Meaning, I can't wait to the end of this series to preach this message because you just got to know, you got to know how much God has for you. You got to know it's more than you think, it's bigger than you think, it's more powerful than you think, but y'all, there's Canaanites in the land, and if we don't deal with the Canaanites, we're not going to be able to move on and to fully occupy the land that God has for us. So it's like, you know, you have the keys, and you have the deed, and you put in the keys, and you turn the door, and you receive the inheritance, and you're excited. I mean, I know it's a fixer-upper, but you didn't even have a fixer before. And so you open that door, and you're like, this is mine, and there's, there's like five families just living in your inheritance, these Canaanites, these Canaanites, they're, they're, they're termites. They eat away at the very foundation of the promises that God has for us. So we've got to deal with them. Let me give you, me give you three thoughts from God's word. This, this will come out of Deuteronomy 7. So Deuteronomy 1, 7 tells us the problem. And then Deuteronomy chapter 7 tells us how to deal with these Canaanites. Because God didn't, doesn't give you problems that he doesn't also give you solutions to. And I know Canaanites in your life are stubborn. I know they got their heels dug in a little bit. I know Canaanites have a language. The language of Canaanites sounds something like this. You're never going to get rid of me. You tried last year. You tried, to, you tried to shed me last year. The, the language of Canaanites sounds like this is a generational problem in your family. Your grandfather dealt with this. Your, your father, you already see signs of it in your kids. I'm not leaving. This is the language of Canaanites. But God has an answer. God has a solution for Canaanites. The word occupy, yarash, in the Hebrew, it means there's two sides. There's two sides. It's kind of like the Hugh Jackman of words. There's two sides. Hugh Jackman is, can put on a Wolverine costume and he can tear the mess out of people and then he can sing like an opera singer. That, you know. So two sides. Yarash is, is this word in Hebrew and it means this. It means to take possession of, to inherit. But it also means to dispossess to dispossess, to, to get rid of, to, to drive out. And here's what God wants you to know this morning is that He wants to bring some good things in, but you got to get some junk out. Sometimes before God can bring in the blessing, there's some old habits, there's some old sin, there's some old stuff that has to leave in our life. How do we do that? Three thoughts, number one. Handing something an eviction notice in your life, because that's what we're doing this morning. Grab your note sheet. Get ready for this. And we're gonna we're gonna tackle this in a moment. Handing something an eviction notice in your life involves uh, having an "I've had it" attitude. You, do you notice? Have you noticed the change in the commercials as soon as January twenty fifth passes? Have you noticed the the change? Because before Christmas, like right after, you know, October, it's all about stuff, right? Stuff, you got to get, you need stuff and your kids need stuff. And did anybody wake up dancing around Alexis? (laughs) I just wonder if that ever happens. It hasn't happened. I'm just, I was just curious. I'm happy for you, but I was just, I mean, did you so it's all about getting stuff and getting stuff and then and then right after December 25th it's funny because the commercials go from stuff to storage <laughs> have you have you know have you walked in home depot have you walked in lowes they took away all their stuff and now they're giving you and now there's deals on there's deals on the storage because once you have more stuff, you need more storage. You need more storage. And so the thing that you got to know about storage is this, is that what you put in storage, what are you saying with that? You're like, this, I, I'm done with this. You're saying, I'm done with this for a season. And that's fine when it comes to your little stuff, Frosty the Snowman, but it's not fine when it comes to sin. And can I just be real honest with you that sometimes that's our attitude with sin is God, take this away, I'm so done with this for a season because i don't because i don't like i have to deal with the results my anger got me in trouble or my lust got me in trouble and my bitterness cut me in trouble and i'm dealing with the consequences of my bitterness and i'm so done with my bitterness for a season until somebody else hurts me and then i got i know it's way, i know it's way back in the attic but sometimes we treat our sin like we're saying God remove the consequences of our sin when God wants to re- eradicate the root of our sin. And there's a difference. There's a difference. And maybe, do you know just maybe that God's love in your life is allowing you to walk through a little bit of the consequence of your sin, not because He hasn't forgiven you, not because He hasn't removed the sin from you, but He wants to go deeper. He loves you too much. He doesn't want it to happen again. And so He's allowing you to walk through a little bit of the consequence of your sin. So that thing is not, that lust isn't in storage. The anger's not in storage. The, the, The whatever it is, the greed, the gluttony isn't in storage. It's gone. Because during the weak moments of your life, what do you do? You, we'll, we'll go back to the thing that's in storage. Here's what storage does. Storage equals secrets. Secrets equal fear. If you're dealing with fear in your life, it could be that you're dealing with secrets in your life. See, here's, here's what happens is that really the root of fear in many cases comes, it comes down to this. It's the fear of being found out. It's the fear of being found out. And, and so if the Holy Spirit, let me just ask this. If the Holy Spirit walked into your heart right now, what would you be ashamed that he sees? If the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit walked through the hard drive of your computer right now, what would you be ashamed that he sees, if the Holy Spirit walked through your house right now, what would he be ashamed that he sees? And I think that God doesn't want God doesn't want us to just manage our sin. He wants to eradicate the very root of our sin. See what you put in storage. Deuteronomy 7.16, You must destroy all the nations the Lord God hands over to you, show them no mercy, and don't worship their gods, or they will trap you. They will trap you. What you put in storage becomes a trap. Now, don't misinterpret this. Hey, Pastor Doug's preaching to me. I don't have to put away my Christmas decorations this year. No, put away your Christmas decorations. (laughs) On behalf of all of us, turn your Christmas lights off. Not preaching about your Christmas lights. But here's the, th- here's the thing. What you put in storage will trap you. What you ask God to eradicate becomes a testimony. And we choose whether something in our life becomes a trap or a testimony. The very same thing that God, that the enemy set up against to trap you, can become part of your testimony. I used to deal your 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 testimony. I used to deal with anger. Now I'm so loving. I can be on hold for 20 minutes with the Time Warner representative and love love them and bless them in the name. I mean, that's power, y'all. That's, God, you got changed. God saved you deeply. I used to you say I used to deal with bitterness now I forgive people before they even hurt me. I you I mean you become that used to person. I used to deal with this but now I'm walking in the love of God and what God what the enemy set up to trap you now becomes your testimony. But you have, to have, you have to get to that point in your life where you say, I've had it. I'm not dealing with this any longer. And then sometimes you, there needs to be a physical removal or, or destruction of those things. So Deuteronomy 7, let me read the first part of this again. Deuteronomy 7, 16. You must destroy. Say destroy. You must destroy all the nations the Lord your God hands over to you. Show them no mercy. No. mercy. You can show mercy. I hope you show mercy to everything and everybody in your life except sin. When it comes down to sin, show no mercy, eradicate, get rid of it. I, was, uh, I, usually, I usually ask permission before I tell a story that involves a person. I did not do that. Don't worry. It's not you. It's somebody that I pay on staff at Davidson. And so I didn't do it for a couple reasons. One, they get a paycheck, and they can be involved in an illustration without prior permission. And so, and so, Zach, Pastor Zach, out in Davidson, I, I, I got to tell you the story because here's one, y'all. Here's one of the many things that I love about Pastor Zach. So this is Zach's language. If you walk up to Pastor Zach, hey, Pastor Zach, you want to try something new? And let's just test it out first. Like, let's, let's go in like 99%. He'll look, at, he'll look at you like you are speaking a language like he's never even heard that language before. On the other hand, if you walk up to him, hey, Pastor Zach, you want to try this? Let's go all in, bro. All in, hundred. Yeah, of course. I mean, like that's pa- that's Pastor Zach. And so Zach's Instagram story, this just cracked me up. Zach's Instagram story this past weekend. It started off with with one post. It was Jenna and I. Jenna is his wife, and they're. Uh, little girl, brand new, uh, little newborn Piper. So Zach and Jenna were watching a documentary on, <laughs> on minimalism. So that was the first post. The successive posts were for sale items of like, I mean like golf clubs, golf bag, cornhole things, shoes. I'm, think, I'm telling the people in Davidson, I'm like, I bet Zach would sh- sell you his, his shirt like right now. He was so, cause when Zach goes in, he is, he is all in. He will eradicate. You'll probably show up at Zach's apartment, uh, Davidson for your small group, and there will be no furniture. <laughs> cause that's his personality. He's doing the whole 30 food, you know, eating plan right now. Zach is not going to do the whole 29 and a half. He is going to do the whole 30, and he, he will get rid of, if he's going minimal, he will start just getting rid of. I wonder, I know this sounds extreme, but sometimes revival's extreme. Listen, look at some of the revivals in, in Scripture. So I was reading back through some of these. Hezekiah was a king in the Old Testament, and sometimes these kings would follow. Other kings that were brought allowed adultery in the land and they allowed compromise in the land and the worship of Baal and Asherah and and Dagon and all these other gods, they would allow this in the land. And Hezekiah stepped in. And when you step into a situation like this, you got got to get extreme, you got to get radical. So Hezekiah issued reform and he said, Get that stuff out out of there. There was a physical removal. They started walking through the temple. Get this idol out of there. Throw it out. Cast it out. Uh, And then Josiah, Josiah later on made Hezekiah look look nice and tame. Josiah started crushing stuff and burning stuff. Anything that bore resemblance to any kind of sin, anything other than serving God, anything other than Yahweh, he would get it out of the house. And you say, well, Pastor Doug, that's, that's Old Testament. Well, let's go to the New Testament. Acts chapter 19, revival hits the city of Ephesus. And this citywide revival hits and they build a bonfire and these sorcerers come with all their incantation Books, Acts chapter 19, read it. The value of which was several million dollars and they start throwing these in the fire. What about if we had revival in our house where we just start, the kids are looking at you, dad, like you've gone off the deep end. But you start, I know this is old school, but you start going through your movies and you start going through your kid's room and you start going through stuff and saying this needs to go out of my life because I'm going to occupy this year and nothing is going to stand in the way of me fully stepping into occupying. I know you should have skipped this service and just come next week. It'll get more positive, but I got to preach this because if I start, I love you too much. God loves you too much. To try to bless you before you get the junk out. Because if you don't get the sin out. You won't be able to fully occupy the first step of occupy. If I was a little less saved. And hear my heart. I don't mean this controversial, I don't mean this in a wrong language, but if your kids are in here and they're under 12, you may want to cover their ears, you almost could title this sermon, and again, understand the true heart of what I'm telling you, is in our lives, we literally, literally need to get the hell out of our lives. Get it out of our homes. Get it out of our hearts. Get it out of our schools. Get it out of our jobs so that we can occupy. Yes. Hell has no place in our hearts. It has no place in our lives and the enemy will come. My friend Scotty Gibbons says that Satan will serve you sin in whatever flavor f- pleases you. We all got, we, look, we all got a taste for something. And that's how Satan serves us sin in our lives. So that's why we have to get so radical. Sometimes we have to physically remove, physically remove stuff. I was, uh, when we were up in Pennsylvania, I went up into my dad's attic. And I was just, you know, looking for, I was looking for, like, my old stuff. And I got, found my Dukes of Hazzard lunchbox. And I was excited about that with, with the thermos. Uh, and, and I found an old Walkman up there, and I found my fifth-grade basketball picture, and you know, so I was having I was having fun. There was there was one thing that I found, and in and of itself, there was nothing there was nothing bad about this thing at all. Uh, it just it just reminded me of a time in my life when I didn't love Jesus as much. So again, again, the the object wasn't any, wasn't anything bad, it wasn't anything, but I but I. Th- I threw that thing away. Like, I didn't want, I didn't want anything just to, some, some of you may need to go through your house. You may need to go and just get rid of, I'm not talking, this isn't Craigslist time. This isn't yard sale time. This is like bonfire in the backyard, if your home alone, homeowners association allows you to do that sort of thing. But like, this is dis, this is destroy time. This is when you get the crazy look in your eye. This is when the neighbors think that you are extreme because when it comes, to sin, we can't be halfway. We gotta be extreme, if we are going to fully occupy. Here's the final thing. This morning, to fully step into, to hand some, hand something in one of the, uh, one of these, one of these eviction notices. So gra- grab this note sheet. Let's put let's put teeth to this thing. All all of us have this right. All of us need to hand this eviction notice. To, to something, And it could, could be one of several areas. Um, I've identified three areas, I think, that through this series that you can apply this to. So I believe that God wants us to fully occupy our heart. It's, it starts with our heart. It starts with our life, our love for God, all of that. Uh, number two, then it, it overflows from our heart to our home. And when I say home, I mean your immediate family, I mean the physical dwelling place where you live, uh, single adults, maybe you got roommates, maybe you live by yourself, whatever, whatever, I understand multiple, you know, of home. So our heart, our home, and then, and then our house. And what I mean by our house is not the physical location. I'm talking like uh, that's not coming in our house like um, You know, the NFL teams may say, the NBA team, we got home court advantage, not in my house. This is not happening in my, and so I'm talking just about like not in our community, not on my job, not in our school. We're going to occupy our hearts, we're going to occupy our homes, and we're going to occupy our house, our community. And so what I would like you to do is just, just begin to do a couple of things. So let me, let me back up real quick. I Skipped over this in the beginning and didn't mean to. This, I think, is get a t-shirt, get a sticker. That's all, that's all cool. The thing that I would really uh, implore you to get is this, and this is, this is a journal. So this, this tool, um, I believe, will be one of the things that will help you in your spiritual walk more than any other in 2018. So because, and here's one of the reasons why. Because it cultivates, it cultivates an ability for you to, to hear God's voice in your life. So here's my question. What is the thing that God wants you to occupy this year? Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.